I mean, he's been putting in work for so long. Putting in a lot of work. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Putting In Work, episode 95 of the interview podcast on the 8-Bit Collective, powered by Audio Technica. I'm your host, John O'Peck, and this week we have Courtney Taylor, the voice actor on the show. What an episode. But first, the iTunes review of the week. It goes to Gaza512003, who says, My new fave podcast, five stars. John O'Peck, you are a rock star, mate. Loving your work and vibe. This podcast has just got me hooked. Keep killing it, mate. Very kind words there from Gaza. And if you wanted to leave a review to be read out on the show, you can do that over at iTunes or just maybe hit me up on Twitter and let me know what you think of the show at Johnny himself or at Putting In Work Pod. But now on to Courtney Taylor. Half Australian, half American, full awesome, I would say. Courtney is perhaps best known in her voice acting work as the voice of Jack in Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3. At least they are my probably favorite roles of hers and the most memorable because of what a great character Jack is and Courtney really bringing that character to life so well. In recent years, she's been the lead female role in Fallout 4 as the protagonist Nora. Courtney has voiced Amanda Holiday in both Destiny and Destiny 2 Forsaken. She's Nisha in World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth, and she's done a whole lot of these huge franchises over the years, whether it's Resident Evil or other World of Warcraft games, Call of Duties, Fallouts. She's one of those people whose IMD page is just a huge long list of roles in games over the years, and it was really interesting to see how she fell into that because it wasn't something she'd always wanted to pursue, but as is often the case, she found her way into that industry and has really left a mark on it, I think. It was really cool to talk to Courtney right after I interviewed Sissy Jones a few episodes back. Another voice actor who I saw the day before together on a panel talking about their craft. So it was great to get into more detail on voice acting and the craft and the work that goes on behind the scenes to make the magic happen. So here's Courtney Taylor. Enjoy the show. Thank you for joining me, Courtney. It's great to see you. Uh, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. How's the pack so far? It was awesome. I mean, there's still half a day yeah. for me, but uh, it was, it's so far, it's been amazing. Uh, it's like a really good version of E3 where you can breathe and walk around yeah. and talk to people without screaming. And it, uh, <laughs> it's filled with Australians as well. So and, there's always that. And I'm half Australian, so it's good to be with my half yeah. people. Yeah, Sissy was saying that uh, you've still got some family in Australia, so it's probably nice to come home in some ways. Yeah, I lived in Melbourne as a kid, and uh, it's cool to do double duty. A little mm. work, a little fam. Yeah. Run back to work when I had enough fam. <laughs> Excellent, yeah. And I, I watched your panel yesterday. How, how has it been uh, working with Sissy and everyone else here? Horrible. You <laughs> know, <laughs> uh, it, it was super fun to be able to, you know, mess around and have Sissy on stage with me and super fun to do things, you know, talking about character creation and stuff. It was, the questions were super thoughtful and not just like, you know, what's your favorite game or... Sure. What role do you did you not get that you wanted? Okay, I'll, were, I'll cross yeah, those cross off my those list. Off the list. Sorry, yeah, because <laughs> there's a lot. But uh, no, it's been really lovely, and people yeah. here have been amazingly kind, and I can't wait to come back. Excellent. All right. Well, let's talk a bit about your journey into voice acting. So, sure. how did you get started? Was it something you're always interested in, as far as theatrical performance? Not at all. I actually kind of fell into it. I wanted to be a journalist um, and I was did broadcast communications in college and I took an acting class because I thought it would be an easy A because mm. everyone was like, you're a loudmouth, you should be an actor. <laughs> and uh, I really liked it and I uh, was boxing and teaching fitness and, and um, 
I decided to apply for a program in New York, and I had pretty bad vocal cord nodes from yelling at people at the gym. And the guy said, "You have a terrible voice. You know, you'll never, you'll never act in a theater with that voice." And um, and I went home and was totally upset. And one of my teachers said, "I think you have a cool voice. You should try voiceover." And I didn't know what it was, so I went and took a class, and it was a commercial acting class. And I was like, "This is actually totally." I felt totally at home having not known what it was like two days beforehand. And, uh, and I never, you know, I've stayed in the booth as much as I could since yeah. then. So from there, was it an exercise of learning as much as you could about voiceover? Or how did, what was that process like? Well, I think it's interesting. You know, I've talked to a lot of my friends have taken more traditional route to getting into voiceover. Um, you know, being, going to, you know, a four-year program, going to college, having done theater and plays and singing all their lives. And I was, I went to punk rock shows and skateboarded and, you know, uh, didn't do any of that stuff. So, um, but I think, you know, like boxing and having sort of the life experiences that I had sort of prepared me to do certain things in games that was a much more non-traditional path, but it still serves me. And, but I also have spent a lot of time taking classes. I always am trying to learn more, trying to do accents better. I'm always mimicking people. It's been great to be here and be listening to the you know the things that trip Americans up, yeah. like the Australian accent, it's the O's a tough one, and stuff. Isn't it? And um, I know it's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome, mate. Um, and uh, so, yeah. I mean, I'm always trying to fill in the cracks, you know. But I also have learned to kind of honor that, like my non-traditional route to doing this work has also served me in ways that you know other people maybe don't have. Mm. So don't feel bad if you haven't been in show choir your whole life. If you want to do voice acting, you yeah. can still get in there. I think that's the thing, and it surprises me that someone would tell you not to act because of how your voice sounds, because they need all kinds of roles, don't they? And why would you get someone that's good at pretending to be a punk rocker when you can get one? (laughs) Well, I think at the time, too, I mean, it was a long time ago, but I think at the time there was a much more presentational style, and there are so many different styles to voiceover. If, you know, video games require different types of voices than commercials, there are trends in commercials. Sometimes they want somebody who has texture. Sometimes they want people who sound really pretty. And now the exciting thing about video games is that there's so much more realism and cinematic storylines that, you know, there is the opportunity to cast people who aren't necessarily like this high-pitched. I've come to terms with the fact that I probably will not be a Disney princess unless I write my own version. Yeah. Which I'm still pitching at some point to Disney that they're going to make a punk rock princess. But Sounds pretty good. You know, and I'm up for it at that point. But yeah, I'm, I'm... probably not going to be the next voice of Ariel. Okay. I'm okay with that. I got my, my little corner of the world and I like it. You could be Ariel's scary like sis- Maybe Ursula. Sister. I'm yeah. so into Ursula. Yeah. So. <laughs> so at the time that you got into it, what kind of voiceover work were you doing? What was the first side of the industry that appealed to you? Well, I started out doing commercials. I was the voice of Caesar Dog Food for 10 years. And, uh, and it's funny because... You must stuff get recognized all the time for exactly. that. <laughs> um, I, my commercial style of things is very much... Dog food, baby formula, cars, anything that requires. Um, I'm the voice of the Toyota uh, Christmas commercials. Oh. So it's all very much, you know, Toyota, let's go places. Um, which right. is totally different than the world of, uh, that I inhabit mostly now, which is uh, video games. But I, it was very sequential. I started out doing commercials, then hacked away at trying to get into video games. And then now I also do animation. Um, I've been playing a 6 to 11-year-old boy called... KO on OKKO Let's Be Heroes on Cartoon Network and done some stuff for a regular show and some things that are coming out. So it's been nice to kind of level up 
or go to a different place yeah. one bit by one bit and get to kind of enjoy and learn at wherever I am in the industry. Yeah. So. It must be an exciting time for voice actors to see the rise of voice acting in the games industry because I remember like maybe 20 years ago, Metal Gear Solid comes out and it's like, this is like a movie. Like I have never played a game that has a story that can actually make me think about things the same way that a film does. So yeah. for someone like you, was that a, a moment maybe back then or maybe somewhere along the line where you thought, I don't have to do commercials or animation. There's another industry that might welcome me in well it's definitely i mean i love i really do love all aspects i love doing commercials i'm always uh, like you know some people have like one thing that they really love doing and i yeah. love all of it but i definitely got more excited when uh, the first kind of notable role i had was the uh, paula abdul judge in american idol was one of the first games i did and it's come from sort of that uh, sort of silly loopy kind of thing to really amazing storylines you know fallout 4 um, it's been great to see the industry, the stories grow with the industry, you know, as the developers are getting older and having families and things that the storylines are starting to get yeah. broader with their own personal experiences. And that, you know, the more women that get into this field uh, and the more men that appreciate, uh, you know, the p potential for women's stories, um, it's been really exciting to be part of that where I get to have juicy characters with juicy, you know, story arcs and there's less uh, snipers in bikinis than ever before, which I'm totally here. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and, you know, Call of Duty, I just finished yeah. uh, Black Ops 4. and Oracle? Um, uh, actually, Sissy's Oracle. Oh, okay, I am Scarlet. My research has crossed over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. We get mixed up yeah. sometimes. Uh, uh, Scarlet Rhodes. Yes. And her storyline is sort of the storyline for zombies. She's the, the character who's you know, story involves, brings in the other three guys. And I am really grateful to Treyarch for incorporating that and, uh, you know, having the sort of, this is the story that has to happen in order for the stories to happen. Sure. So that's exciting. That is cool. And in terms of the games industry itself, I mean, we are at PAX, so let's talk a bit more about that. But is it a, a thing where I guess a lot of people probably think you get a big break and then the roles start coming in, but... Did anything like that ever happen for you? Like, I know Jack is probably the one that most people would have first been like, who is this person? She's awesome. And that's how it was for me. Awesome. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, was there a pre-Jack and post-Jack timeline for you? Uh, I definitely think that Jack was, uh, was a pivotal role. Um, I did get to voice Juhani in Knights of the Old Republic, and I think that kind of started, okay. uh, may have, uh, Damsel in uh, Vampire the Masquerade. Those, I think, sort of got people like, oh, I think she could probably do this. Uh, but Jack is definitely the, the gift that keeps on giving as far as... Um, I think she opened the door for those kinds of characters for me on, this, on a much bigger stage than I had been able to do before. And I think it was be kind of a great time working with Bioware and having it be in that time frame that mm. that's, those sort of characters were gaining more interest. Yeah. I remember reading the boards before the game came out and they had just seen a little snippet of Jack and everyone's like, I'm going to shoot that, you know, so-and-so out the airlock the second I hate her. And I'm like, you haven't even met her yet, you know, like, give her a chance. And, you know, people being like, she's weird looking, I don't like the tattoos, we're, you know. And now those characters are much more celebrated and, yeah. and I feel like, um, you know, people are really digging into those characters and I'm totally here for the different, mm. you know, uh, gender identity, representation, um, you know, sexual orientation stuff that's coming out. I think it's one of the 
beautiful things about this the world of gaming is that you can be you get to immerse yourself you get to be the player you get to squad with people and you know that you get to be whoever you want to be yeah you know both as a as an escape and also as an inspiration for your own life and having people talk to me about how those characters have helped them transition physically you know emotionally in their lives uh has been amazing and i know the devs for sure get that kind of feedback and it's like mm. life-changing for us it's um, awesome it seems like it was a role that you were born to play and like i can't imagine anyone else doing it you know it's it's actually i i when i met jack i was like oh that's just me in high school yeah same haircut same attitude um you know obviously much bigger circumstances mm. for her but uh i can really relate to characters who are good at heart and are struggling to stay on the side of good sure uh i mean that seems to be the main theme in the characters that i play and also my acting teacher said your deal you're a bitch for love that's your thing (laughs) and it has absolutely showed up in so many characters for me and um i struggled with you know my emotions being bigger than me when i was younger and i still do and i think that that was for me the thing with jack was that she has all of this emotion and and it's hard to contain in any kind of constructive way and i love that they gave her a really fully fleshed out story arc that's great and so fallout 4 being probably the other like really meaty role that you've been involved with recently uh working on that for i'm guessing years couple years couple years must Mm -hmm. be a huge thing to walk away and uh, it's finally done but like it's also you know a huge part of your life and you get to watch the all the stuff that happens afterwards and all the conventions you're going to and talking about it on panels here at PAX and because it's such a big franchise it's going to follow you around for a long time it must be pretty cool to see the reactions to that kind of thing it's amazing I mean I think every game that I've done has the fans are very specific like I can see people coming up when I'm at a table and just be like that's a Resident Evil person (laughs) that's a Fallout person that's a Mass Effect person um and for the most part I'm right but there is some great crossover but um just so such amazing creativity that you know with a thing I was at I was in Atlanta at Dragon Con, and they have these big photo ops, you know, where they get everybody on the stairs, and it's hundreds of people dressed as... And I was, like, practically in tears looking at both how much of, a like, a lifestyle and a group that, they, you know, this, the community that people have made around these games. It's so... I mean, it makes me, like, just want to cry, mm. like, seeing the amount of time and energy and effort that people put into the cosplay and to the, um, you know, staying, like, global communities that these games have. And I also felt really lucky to be able to do the role of Nora because for me it was a much more trying to, instead of, you know, Jack was so kind of like out there and Nora was like this sort of woman, like a really kind of normal woman in in fantastic circumstances. And how do you play someone who is smart but angry and, you know, filled with rage and attachment to their child but also can put it on hold enough to go and explore this you know, there were so many themes And the different directions the player can take the character in as well. So, and yeah, probably have to do an angry reaction and a thoughtful reaction. And Yeah, and just how do you keep all of those, like, sort of balls in the air as a person, you know, where you're, you're not forgetting that you're actually out there looking for your kid. You know what I mean? That you're not being so immersed yes, in this yeah. that you're always coming back to that main quest while still, you know, interacting with all of these people and, you know, these scenarios. So... It was challenging, and I'm glad I had so much time to work on it because yeah. it was great to kind of grow with the character. And, and yeah, I can uh, imagine you get to the end and you'd be like, 
The thing that I did at the start, can we change that? <laughs> uh, no doubt. Like, the, the uh, I listened to, like, the opening model. I was like, no, 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 no. Like, everything. I was like, can we just go back? The day that they, you know, busted everything out at E3, and I realized how huge the game was and how many people were waiting for this game. I was like, we have to start over. Can we just start over? I'll do it for free. Just give me, like, an extra, like, 30 sessions. I'll just come in. Because I really didn't have any concept of the community being so broad. Oh, right, yeah. Um, and it was nerve-wracking. And, uh, you know, we did the, the last monologue pretty late in it. And I was, like, sobbed through the whole thing. I mean, I sobbed the last day that I recorded Jack. You get really emotionally attached to these yeah. people. And I still, to this day, I'm like, ah, really? No more Jack? <laughs> you know? Um, Give her her own game. Come on. I, <laughs> that would be great. But... Uh, you know, yeah, it, you do. You get really attached, so it's nice when you get to be able to spend a lot of time with yeah. the characters that you fall in love with. You That's know? cool. It sounds exhausting, <laughs> to be honest. It's actually it's really sort of some of the days are exhausting. The yeah. the cryo sleep scene, which was much much longer than what ended up going in the game. Like I was just okay. a puddle in the booth, snot, tears, Kleenex. That day, I was like, I gotta just go home and go to bed. Like, right. I think I was in bed at like seven fifteen that night, <laughs> but um, but yeah, like you you go and immerse yourself for four hours, and sometimes I come out and I'm completely hyped. Mm. You know, it's a, awesome. it's very distilled experience yeah. in the booth for emotionally taxing, but also really invigorating. Yeah. And you've been doing this for so long now. Is there still things you're learning? I imagine that it's constant self evaluation process. Absolutely. Uh, I think most importantly, I've learned to become a little bit more gentle with myself. Like going back and looking at performances, like I actually watch stuff now and I yeah. um, I can kind of separate myself, my emotions or my like, oh, why did they pick that? Or, oh, that was lame. You know, yeah. I, I definitely just am more gentle about the, the process of what we do. It's, it's just a process. It's just an experience. There really is no end result. Um, you're always learning. And with so many different areas of voiceover, you can always get better. I mean, I haven't even scratched the surface of like, there's promos and trailers, there's books on tape, there's, uh, you know, radio plays are getting mm. really... I just did my first uh, sort of radio play um, that's going to be out on iTunes that cool. I can't talk about yet, but... Um, that old and thing. that was, But that was like, you know, 1920s, 1930s style acting um, that was completely different than anything I had ever done. So for me, this industry is always interesting just learning more about the games that are out there being here being able to look at the technology the different kinds of storytelling from different companies as well as personally being like you know how can i get better accent wise how can i you know learning different accents learning different time periods honoring you know as the stories get bigger and you know we don't have very much time to immerse ourselves we do a lot of cold reading in this I'm always trying to learn stuff. I'm, I do most of my research outside of the booth. Right. You know, people say, like, do you get a lot of time? And no, we don't get a lot of time. And so I'm always watching. I'm always being like, can I take this with me, this accent or this style? Or, you know, watching Downton Abbey. That is so stylized. But that comes up, yeah. you know, in games. And you want to be able to reach in your back pocket and be like, yeah, I know. I know that time period. I know the how mannered they were. I know and be able to do that justice in a very short mm. period of time. Okay. And what would you say has been the hardest part of getting to the point you're at now? Because I imagine, like, we kind of glossed over the grind that is involved in getting work and rejection and auditioning and why did that person get the role and all that kind of stuff. So, what? yeah, what's been the greatest challenge to get here? I 
think, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of challenges. There, you know, there's a few things that I have to keep in mind. You know, there's always... You have to know that there's a part, like, what you do. There's enough cake for everybody. Yeah. And that whatever you do is different than what, you know, Sissy and I read against each other all the time for different roles. And even though, like, the way that we sound could be similar, we're both bringing a totally different, you know, she's from Idaho. I'm from San Francisco. Like, we're going to breathe and eat and say these lines differently. So knowing what you bring to the table, uh, trusting that people like what you do, even though we don't get a lot of feedback. You know, we work in a booth by ourselves. It's not like I walk out and, and people give me a ton of feedback. Yeah. So I think it's um, just sort of trusting in your, in the work that you've done and letting it be out there and, and having that be enough. Yeah. So. Okay. And what's your favorite advice to people, whether they're voice acting and trying to get to where you are or they're just getting started? I think anyone who's, who's in the arts at all, there's a couple of things. One is, I always say, like, the thing that is your thing that makes you weird or, you know, people tease you in school or people say that you're not good enough around the way that you look or the way that you sound or where you're from or any of that stuff. So much of that can be brought in and be your superpower later on in life. So trust that the thing that makes you different will be the thing that elevates you and is your superpower later on. Yeah. Um, and also, God, be a good business person. Like, this is not a magical industry the people that I think that do the best in this industry are smart and creative. And so they actually can build a real business around this so that they can do it for the long term. Um, you know, don't be a hobbyist. You know, run the marathon, not the sprint. And, yeah. uh, and take care of yourself financially and keep, always keep learning and, and trust that you can do it. Because, it, you know, I hear so many people say like, oh, my parents don't want me to do this or I'm afraid. And I'm like, man, there's an exception to every rule. Yeah. It should be you. you. Yeah. Go do it. You know, That's just awesome. have faith in yourself. Because if you're meant to do it, you know, it'll show up for you. Find a way, yeah. Yeah. Okay, my last question, and I'll let you go. If you could do anything and know that you wouldn't fail, what would you do? I'd be a rock star. Rock star? I, like, I really... Which band would you slot yourself into? Oh, uh, I like, uh, you know, I, I, I'm an old rock chick. I mean, you know, ACDC is one yeah. of my favorites. Uh I love that, you know, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Gwen Stefani's music, but I love that she did a, you know, a clothing line and mm. I love clothes. I love music. So doing something like that where I could bring a, a few different endeavors under one tent. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I won't. Yeah. <laughs> there's still time for me to be a rock star. That's the thing. When there's an exception to every rule. <laughs> it might as well be me. When you're good enough at something, you can do whatever you want on the side and it'll work, I think. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen that. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to do a really meaningful uh, nonprofit. I've been doing Nerds Vote at Home in America, trying to get people mm. to register to vote at um, conventions yeah, in cool. particular because we don't get fined for not voting. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, just trying to get people to take, to, could be considered of the big picture. You know, do something good. Use your powers for good, I always say. That's great. Well, thanks so much for joining me. It's been fantastic, and uh, I hope you have a great rest of your time in Australia. Thank you so much. I'm going to go stuff my face with some Thank you for listening, and thanks to Audio Technica. You can catch Courtney on Twitter at Courtney Taylor. That's C-O-U-R-T-E-N-A-Y. Give her a follow and check out some of the really important work she's involved with. If you enjoyed the show, it would be fantastic if you could leave an iTunes review, preferably five stars. Or pick up some sweet putting in work merchandise. You can do all that over at 8bit.net slash PIW. That's A T E B I T. And if you'd like to follow me around the internet, my social handles at Jono himself. And until next week, ladies and gentlemen, 
keep putting in work.